Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Doc, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hello, Jim. Yeah, I'm having a solar system installed for my house. Uh-huh. Um, and I was wondering if there are any, oh my God, watch out for this type problems that you have want to tell people and or me about there are uh you got to watch out for the solar guys who are trying to sell you solar panels and you got trees all around your house it's not going to be cost effective you just ain't going to get enough sunlight to to make it pay for itself uh the other things to to watch for is somebody who's trying to tell you that it's going to pay for itself in a matter of a year or two not going to happen panels right now is a long-term investment and the payback because of all the rebates and tax credits that are available right now and by the way the tax credits after this year are going to start fading away but currently with the tax credits if you get a good reputable company you're looking at payback in roughly 8 to 12 years depending on the system that you put in with an expected life of 25 to 30. All right. Well, thank you much for the assistance. Hello, Betty. How are you today? Very well, thank you. What can I do for you? I had four basic questions about raising house foundations to meet new flood zoning. 30 years ago when we bought our house, there was no flood insurance required. When we remodeled and refinanced to cover the remodeling, it was required. So as a result, we have a foundation that is in three parts, and so we wondered, what are the usual steps in raising a house foundation? Does it make any difference if we've got a foundation that's now in three parts? And what's a ballpark on how much this sort of thing costs, and do you have any references for folks that do this? Yes, I do it. Oh, how how nice. I have been raising houses uh, since 1989. Uh, the highest I've gone is nine and a half feet. And, uh, yeah, we do it on a, at Due West, we do it on a regular basis. So uh, I can definitely help you out with the questions that you have. Okay. In regards to your additions on the home, it can be done, especially if it, if it was tied together well. But if it wasn't, uh, we're able to go in and strap things together in order to be able to raise it. I just did one that not only had additions on the house. Oh, glass rooms, you know, that that are used for plants. Yes. Greenhouses that were added onto the house, and we were able to raise that up with the house as well, glass and all. Wow. Be handled. Um, The, what were your other questions on it? Um, About what's the ballpark on how much... I get, I'm sure that depends on how high and the square footage. But, for example, yeah. one, of the, one, one of the parts that's added on was we covered the patio and made a solarium of it. Yeah. So if it's just a patio and only four-inch concrete, that's not going to be able to come up. But if it had a perimeter concrete beam on it and stuff, then it would be able to be raised. It's, it's, far... it's on pillars. Okay, yeah, the pillars can be handled. That's not a big problem. Uh, As far as cost, you're not driving down the road or anything. You're sitting down, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, it is that much. Okay. Uh, realistically, you're looking at anywhere from $93 to $98 a square foot. Mm-hmm. By the time you raise the house, redo the plumbing, put new perimeter wall around it using uh, blocks and such, uh, the steps, uh, all all the stuff to finish it out, to, to truly get it back the way it's supposed to be. Right. You're normally going to be in the 93 to $98 a square foot range. Okay. Now, that is a turnkey type job. <clears throat> My husband just showed me what came <laughs> up on the calculator. Yes. It came up to approximately $200,000. Yep. Okay. Well, and now, how much does it, the height of the raising make a difference? I mean, say three feet versus six feet. Uh, very little. Okay. so Because the, the equipment that's used nowadays, you know, it used to be when, when we did it all with hand jacks, that made a huge difference. Nowadays, using the Unilift systems, it makes very little difference. Okay. So the square footage drives the cost. In fact, the majority of the work is going to be getting it ready, putting in piles, all this kind of stuff. Then the lift, it's that's literally going to be done typically in one day, whether you go three feet or six feet. Okay. And now, the preparation work, about how long does that take? Uh, that can take several weeks, okay. depending on the size of the home. And truly, that's where a lot of the companies are missing it. Because we got a lot of companies coming in from out of state. They don't understand our soils and the fact that we got to get deep down into the soil to be stable. Yes. And so they're putting in piers and piles and things like that. And they're only going 10 foot deep. And, yes, that's enough where they can get the house up there. It's not going to stay. Ah. Those houses are going to start moving. And they're going to be extremely expensive to fix once they start moving. So... When you do it, you got to make sure you have somebody who understands the soils and gets deep, deep down into the ground to permanently stabilize it. About how deep is deep, deep? Uh, what part of town are you in? Uh, Meyerland area. In Meyerland, we're typically looking at something in the neighborhood of 20-plus feet. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And I've so done several of them in Meyerland. Excuse me? I've done a bunch of them in Meyerland. Okay. And we're still, even at 20 feet, 20 plus feet, you're still talking $200,000. And I'm, I'm I, I, I lost you for a second there again. Uh, does the depth make any difference? Whether you go uh, 20 feet or 20 plus much, does that make a difference in the cost? Not at all. Okay. So it's just square footage. And uh, 200, yep. excuse me, 2,000 square feet is about what we're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean... A, a good ballpark figure then is going to be something just shy of two hundred thousand. Okay. Well, now again, and that's doing everything. You know, sometimes people will want to leave some stuff off uh, and and try to do it cheaper, but you end up spending it to do it anyways because the city's going to make you bring it up to a certain code. The other thing you got to watch is there's a lot of companies like with your garage. Is your garage attached or detached? Detached. Okay, you, you'll have the option then of leaving it down or picking it up. A lot of houses that have a, an attached garage, uh, people aren't given the option of, of anything other than cutting it off or 
building it into part of the house. And one of the things, in fact, I'm starting one of the driveways uh, Monday. I'm building a ramp up into the house. No dirt under the ramp. It's going to be much like a parking garage type ramp. So it's steel construction underneath it uh, that can support the car driving up into the garage. And that way you're not losing your garage and stuff. And your vehicle is up out of the floodwaters as well. Hmm. That's something to think about. William, this is Jim. How can I help you? Good afternoon, Jim. Uh, This is probably a pretty simple question, but we have gone uh, to our patios for uh, concrete and to extend the patio out. And with with the original slab, patio slab was from 1998. Uh So the difference in the color is just driving us nuts. So what do you recommend as far as uh, resurfacing that with a deck paint or epoxy or something just to get it all the same color? And, And that's what you'll end up doing. Uh, you know, I just did a big concrete pour for a guy, and he's he's saying the same thing. Hey, it's a different color. Well, the sand is different. The age is different. The sun's been beating on the other one. It's going to be a different color. Uh, now, as they age, a lot of times they will get closer in color, uh, but it takes years for that to happen. So, Quickcrete actually makes a top coat that you can put on to the concrete. It's kind of a skim coat that goes over the top to give you a new look finish over the entire thing or like you mentioned you can go with one of the epoxy coatings or something like that uh, i think you're going to find the quickcrete is going to be your least expensive and uh, if you're just going to have a true concrete patio that's going to give you the color that you're looking for yeah we checked the sherwin williams and they, they recommended a deck paint and deck paints are fine, but the problem is it is still a paint, and as you walk on it, it will wear. Okay, and the quick creep would give it better uh, durability. Stand, you think? Yes. Okay. Quick creep then. All right, we'll check it out at Lowe's then. All right, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you bet. It. Take thank care. You. Bye. Bye. Now, when you're checking for it, what you're looking for is. Quickcrete's top coating. It's just a skim coat that is that they've designed to go over the surface. Carlos, how can I help you today? Well, my Hello. neighbor's got a female cottonwood tree, and I got a new in-ground pool. And this time of year is terrible for me because all the cottonwood falling in my tree, falling in my pool. Yep. Uh, what are my options? Can I call the city and have to do something done about it? Uh, I heard about spraying it early spring so it doesn't drop the cottonwood, but I spent about an hour a day cleaning the pool out, and I'm a little tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Who was there first, the tree or the, the pool? The tree. The so tree why was should, for sure. Yeah. So why why should he redo the tree for the pool? Well, well... Uh, Talking to him to have it sprayed in early spring, help it not drop the cottonwood. I heard that helps out with, uh, I guess, herbicides or something. You know, I, I know there are some things they can do for that, but whether you can compel a neighbor to do it, uh, chances are good you cannot. 
because the 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 fact that the trees drop it is just part of nature um now could you offer for you to pay for it to uh you know help protect your pool absolutely uh but I, truthfully i wouldn't expect my neighbor to do it for my pool I consider paying for it or, you know, splitting with the other neighbor because it gets in our air AC unit also. We got oh, yeah. that thing out, you know, three or four times a, during the three weeks or four weeks it drops a drops a cottonwood. Yep. So uh, oh, it's, it may those be things are horrible. They are horrible. Now the the nice the probably the best part about it is if it's a really large cottonwood, it's probably getting close to the end of its life and the tree will be coming down before long anyway. So uh truthfully no, you cannot get the, the city to force him to do anything but what you may want to consider doing is like i said get with him and you know if there's a spray that will help curb it uh you guys can can look at teaming up to do that one cautionary note when you start using sprays like that typically sprays have effects on other plants as well so it may not be the most desirable way to do it it's about 80 foot tall Ooh wee yeah yeah, so you start trying to spray an 80-foot tree, you know, you're you're talking about spraying probably three yards in each direction by the time you get finished spraying that tree. I've been in my house 18 years, and that tree is probably around 16 years old, so how much longer do you think it's going to live? <laughs> <laughs> Those big cottonwoods that way typically have a lifespan of somewhere between 20 and 30 years. Now, if I have a little time to go still, then. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess I have to bite the bullet and kick in my pool every day and uh, cleaning my AC unit uh, every other week. Probably for now, that's probably what you'll end up doing. It usually lasts around three weeks. Is that uh, is that about the, the length of time it drops the cottonwood? Well, I'm not a, a a big tree guy, but yeah, typically that's what I see. All right, I appreciate your help. Enjoy. All righty, Carlos. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and un unfortunately, you know, and this is just for everybody listening, if you got branches from a neighbor's tree that hang over your property, you can cut straight up on your property line. But forcing, an, and same with the roots that reach over and cause foundation problems, you can cut straight down on your property line, regardless of what it does to your neighbor's tree. But you, you, you typically don't have the right to force him to do anything with that tree. Linda, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi. Hello. I don't I don't know if you can help me or not, but uh, I have a kitchen sink that I've done everything I can think of to get the pressure, the water pressure, and I have no water pressure. Everything else in the house seems okay. The outside faucet seems okay. So any suggestions other than replacing the faucet? Have you taken the aerator off and cleaned it? Yes, sir. Okay. And I even tried the WD-40 in the spout thing that I saw on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was worth a try. <laughs> well, I hadn't heard that one, but... <laughs> um, the good okay. old internet. <laughs> and, and, and is it low on both hot and cold? Yes. Okay. This is a two-handle faucet then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where the mixer is in the uh, faucet housing... There's a uh -huh. piece of de there's a piece of debris that's blocking the port that's letting the water come out. So to fix it, shut the water off under the sink. Uh -huh. Remove the two handles, 
the and the and the stems, you know, that go down into the valve itself, right? And and flush it out. Okay. And you're gonna find there's gonna be a little piece of debris that's gonna come out, and then that faucet's gonna work just fine. Okay. Now, how do I flush it out? Uh, you literally. Well, since you're going to have to probably just take a, a bucket of water and, and use a cup to dump down in there to swirl things around and and vacuum it out. Use a okay. shop vac to vacuum it out. Anything to, to just get the water to move in there and take it out. You may want to just take it off and take it outside and run water through it backwards. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give that a try. I've tried everything else. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it's going it, to – if all other faucets have good pressure except for the one, it's either in the aerator or the mixer valve, either one. And so okay. since you already cleaned the aerator, it's got to be in the mixer valve. Now, when you say aerator, that, you're talking about that thing on the end of the faucet, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did clean that out. That's the first thing I thought it was, but that wasn't it. Because even with the uh, aerator completely off, it's still just a trickle, really. Yeah, yeah. Then there's yeah, a, just, there's just through, a piece uh, of debris. You know, have a spray nozzle. You know, uh -huh. uh, and it comes through that with pressure. Oh, yeah. Then definitely, it's going to be in that mixer. Just clean the housing out, and you'll be fine. Okay. All righty. I appreciate your time. You bet. Take care. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. I'm actually going to start talking with Gene Stewart from North Texas Farm and Garden. We're going to talk about steel equipment a little bit, and we are going to have some different people in that we're going to talk with, because since we've got so many people out here, I always like talking with people, and don't mind mixing in some calls with it. So 1-800-288-9227. Gene, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. I greatly appreciate it. It is a pretty cool day out here, seeing all these cars and uh, being at a great facility. Uh, I've seen some of these cars, and uh, I'm a car dreamer, but uh, my pocketbook probably won't reflect that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. These things, uh, you can tell people take a lot of pride in these machines. All right. So quite awesome. What, what has been your favorite one you've seen down the line? Well, actually, I like that uh, older style Harvey Davidson. Uh, I don't know if that's a factory truck or if they modified it, but that's, uh, that's pretty something. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, let's let's talk about some steel equipment because you know steel has a really. First of all, they 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 started with the chainsaws, but they've really been reinventing a lot of different pieces of equipment to to make it not just more user friendly, but stuff that lasts. Yeah, probably uh, from Consumer Reports, probably one of the highest graded power equipment uh, manufacturers in the marketplace. Uh, they come with an outstanding warranty both for the uh, consumer, the homeowner, and the commercial contractor. Uh, the breadth of their product offering uh, from just a typical weed trimmer to uh, backpack blowers to including battery-powered products is just off the charts as far as when it comes to quality. Uh, I couldn't be more pleased to have steel be part of our product family in our location there at North Texas Farm and Garden. Um, we're, we're, in a, we're very fortunate to be in that location, and steel to be there is one of the primary draws for people to come into our location is because they know about the quality of the product, and uh, the quality of the product speaks for itself. Well, and just so everybody knows, where is that North Texas Farm and Garden? Uh, exactly. We are 1.5 miles 
east of the intersection of I-35 and Business 121 in Louisville. So from that intersection, you'd be traveling a mile and a half going east towards the colony, and we're right on the left-hand side on the north side of the road right next door to Caliber Collision. I just picked my truck up from there on well, then, Wednesday. <laughs> shame on you for not coming by. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say I did. I, I was in Houston. I had my guys pick it up and uh, yeah. bring it back to the office. And when I got in late Wednesday night, it was there. Well, you know, we just moved probably about a year and a half ago. We were on right on I-35, right on the service road. And that location had been there for thirty, almost 30 years. And with the I-35 construction and the different phases, we just, you know, elected to try to find a better place for the future of future growth. Move before they eminent domain it. Uh, yes, sir. That's, <laughs> that's typically the way. So I wanted to, we wanted to, my wife and I, we wanted to move on our terms rather than somebody else's terms. And yes. we found the right location. We built it for the power equipment business. And the results have just been phenomenal. New location, fresh appearance. And when you walk in, you see the steel equipment just pop. It's all right there. We have probably a third of our store dedicated to steel product. Well, and, you know, the, the beautiful part about the team that we have here on Texas Home Improvement that the, of the steel dealers is not only do you guys sell the equipment, you're prime service guys as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, Somebody's paying for the equipment, but one of the comments that we'll typically make is is that we're obligated to service that piece of equipment. So we have a vested interest to make sure that they're happy with it. And being in the service business is that it really helps reduce the amount of service if we take the time to qualify the application of the equipment with the desire of the customer. So we spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time visiting with customers to make sure we match up the specific need that they're going to use the tool for and make sure that that's going to be right for their application. Well, And, and that, that is pretty critical because you guys have battery-powered equipment that is great for the homeowner who has a regular residential lot. Uh, but like where I live, I'm on an acre and a half, and i got a weedy, you know, Somebody's got a weed eat. Somebody does. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got a weed eat around right. the the pond and yeah. and and, and exactly. on the uh, the driveway and all that stuff. The battery may not be the right solution for me. Exactly. So what I meant by that and that comment was is we will ask about three to ten questions typically when somebody comes in and qualify that purchase and make sure that they're going to be happy with it because if they're not happy with the product in turn they're not going to be happy with north texas farm and garden so we have a very very high success rate of taking the time to interview the customer to make sure that they're getting the right piece of equipment for the right application and you mentioned about service our service we're there yeah. i mean we we hit on all cylinders in our service business and by the way right now is our busy time of the year and it's just incredible the amount of equipment that's being serviced in and out. But speaking of service, if we do a good job of qualifying that need up front, it greatly diminishes the service need on that. So Absolutely. if they're over if they underbuy and overuse, it's going to create an issue. If they and a lot of times customers will say I want the very very best you got. And guess what? Steel's got it. Yeah. So answer solved, right? Yep. Yeah, I was talking about uh, somebody's got a weed eat. See the lady sitting right there? Oh, yeah. That's my wife. When I don't get to it fast enough, she lets me know by going out and doing it. 
Well, you're, that's a rarity. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get to that point, I, I know I messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, probably get a bill for it, right? Yeah, well, I pay for it. Okay. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Whatever that bill is, you pay for it yes, in some fashion, yes. right? You know, talking about servicing equipment with – since we're at a, a car show, one of the one of the issues with a lot of cars, especially these older cars, is the fuel that the infinite wisdom of our government has forced down our throats with the ethanol. And I I have some steel equipment like the 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 quickie saws and things like that that I use at work. I've gone strictly to using the steel fuel in in all my stuff simply because the regular gas. It's messing up my vehicles, let alone my lawnmower and other things. It, it's just it it it's not cutting it. Well, you know, you just hit on probably one of the things that we talk about no less than two dozen times a week with with commercial contractors and homeowners. Uh, very very hot topic. Uh, a lot of times uh, people get upset because they don't understand the impact of ethanol. Yeah. And that conversation where the people get upset or the lack of understanding is on the backside of, the, of, of having to have something serviced or repaired. So one way that we'll talk about the ethanol uh, issue here in a second, but one of the things that a very proactive dealer can do is that on the front side of an equipment transaction, when they're getting ready to buy, uh, we always make an effort to talk about the impact of ethanol and what it's going to have on the equipment if they don't properly maintain the equipment. And so ethanol on the back side of it is, is that it, it impacts the carburetor. It leaves a gooey varnish material in the body of the carburetor. I've redone my four-wheeler carburetor at least three times because of that. Yeah, and uh, so what we typically tell customers today is that year-round, find a good quality fuel source because you can get water and trash in there yeah. and still have an impact on your carburetor. But uh, find a good quality gas source and be consistent with it. Uh, check your fuel tank for deposits of water or trash or debris. That can impact it. Uh, buy a good quality fuel stabilizer and run that fuel stabilizer year-round. Don't just run it during the, the, the cutting season. Run it year-round. And the biggest thing that people have to do now is they got to take a proactive stance on maintaining their power equipment during the off-season. They have to do a three-step process, typically, to purge the fuel from the system. That's turn the fuel valve off, starve the engine of gas, drain the fuel tank, and then make sure that the fuel is drained out of the fuel bowl. Yeah. The easiest way to do that is keep that fuel in your machine with a good quality fuel stabilizer and on your iPhone or on your calendar at the first of every month during the off-season or when you haven't ran it in a while and you know that there's gas in there, is go out there and let that machine run for about 15 or 20 minutes yep. just to keep the fuel and everything, all the liquids, so nothing is settling in there and going to cause you a problem. Um, some people don't want to mess with that three-step process. But if you let it run on a more frequent basis and keep everything fresh, you're solid. Yeah. You know, it used to be boat owners always did that because you would shut your boat down and, hey, it may be two months, three months before you'd start it up again. So you always went through all those steps. Now we're having to do it with everything. 
right? You know, a lot of people say, I had a, I have a 10- or 12-year-old lawnmower that I've never had to do that with. Yeah. Well, you have to look from at the, how the carburetors are made these days from an EPA environment because it's all about emissions, right? Yeah. So, the so fuel- you're getting back to that infinite wisdom of our but, government. But, <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I talk about this all the time, and I'm passionate about it. And what I want to do is I want to empower and have educated consumers of yeah. our product. Now, if it's a service issue or a product issue, I want them to be empowered and understand how that machine works and what they can do up front to not have a, an expensive repair bill on the backside. Well, I, I need to take a quick break. What's the phone number for North Texas Farm and Garden? We are 972-436-9410. When we come back, I, I, I got two other items I want to sure. talk to you about. One is the rumba of lawnmowers out there. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> and, infamous IMO. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the other is going to be that backpack power supply. Absolutely. I'd like to touch yes, on sir. both of those items when we come back. When we left, I was talking with Gene from North Texas Farm and Garden. And, uh, Gene, i got to ask about the self-mowing eye mower. Well, quick, let me, okay, great. That's a great lead-in. Let me kind of compare this just a second so everybody can get a mental picture. Uh, Driving down the road the other day, and uh, I saw a Tesla going down the road. The guy was had did not have his hands on the steering wheel. In fact, he was reading something, and the car was just going down the road. So the equivalent to that is, uh, wouldn't say you want to take a nap while you're driving, <laughs> driving a Tesla, but with the uh, steel IMO, uh-huh. robotic lawnmower, uh, mowing is a thing of the past as far as put, putting forth effort. It is a robotic lawnmower that very common to the concept of the uh, the Roomba vacuum cleaners that people would have in their house. But uh, very, very sophisticated piece of equipment, very, very simple to use and set up correctly. Uh, we've been very fortunate to sell about three or four of them in the last year. And the thing that we do on these IMOs, Jim, is that we actually go and do the installation ourselves from the beginning to the end. And we program it to the customer's specific needs. Right. That would include the the, the days it, they wanted to mow, uh, the times they wanted to mow, or schedule around family events at the house. And uh, the the feedback on that product has been outstanding, and um, it provides an extremely good quality cut, just as good or better. <coughs> excuse me. Than the typical push lawnmower. Oh yeah, because you, you you know it's one is going out there on a predetermined thing, so you're not letting the grass get six inches tall before you cut it back to two and a half. <laughs> well, the thing is, is it mows continuous. Yeah. So when you look out at your yard, when it's up and going and running perfectly, you should have a perfectly groomed yard all, all the, time. the time. And that and and with that, then it thickens it up. Yes, the more it mows, the less weeds you have. Yep. Yep. Okay. And I've only got about 20 sure. seconds here. That backpack unit. Yes. Battery powered. Very, very, very becoming more popular now and actually being specified by property owners uh, or property uh, managers is that they want to be green friendly and they want the equipment to be quiet, not meeting, meaning not to. Uh, Don't disturb us. We want to not hear you out there trimming. Right. And they will specify a decibel level. And uh, it's got to be below that. One more time, Gene. North Texas Farm and Garden. 
972-436-9410, Louisville, Texas. All right. I appreciate you coming out. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll see you outside here in just a little bit. All righty. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Texas Home Improvement. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 